Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 774 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast, I'm speaking with the mother of a child who has type 1 diabetes who recently became more anxious about type 1 than she was previously. Today we talked about it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes and are a U.S. resident or are the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Fill out the survey. When you complete the survey, you're supporting people with type 1 diabetes, you're supporting the podcast, and you might just be helping yourself. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for a community around diabetes, look no farther than the private Facebook group Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's free for all and has over 30,000 members. Ask questions, just lurk, do whatever makes you comfortable. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. And tickets are on sale right now at touchedbytype1.org for Touched by Type 1's Dancing for Diabetes annual show. The 22nd Annual Dancing for Diabetes Showcase will take place on Saturday, November 5th at 7 p.m. at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida. Check it out at touchbytype1.org. Today's show is also sponsored by U.S. Med. You can get your diabetes supplies at U.S. Med, just like we do. To get your free benefits check, just call 888-721-1514 or Go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. US Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. They always provide you with 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. They carry everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs like Freestyle Libre 3 and the Dexcom G6. Better service and better care is what you can expect from US Med, and they have plenty of practice having served over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996. usmed.com forward slash juicebox, the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide. They are the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, and they are the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. Not only that, but that's where Arden gets her Omnipod and Dexcom supplies from usmed. Links to US Med and Touch by Type 1 can be found in the audio app you're listening to right now in the show notes of that app or at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use the links, you're supporting the show. USmed.com forward slash juicebox, touched by type1.org. My name is Jenny. I've got two sons, uh, one age 10, one age 7. It's my 10 year old that has type 1 diabetes. Uh, he was diagnosed when he was two. So uh, we've been doing this for a while now. Wow. Okay. Eight years. And mm -hmm. you're married? Yep. I'm married. Okay. And you said you're part of the Utah fan club? Yeah. I know you got a lot of uh, Utah fans. So I'm 
we're definitely part of that. I certainly do. I appreciate this, Utah, very much. And uh, yep. other, other states should do the same. I don't know how you guys get information around, but <laughs> but I wish you I wish you would share. It. I I assume there's like a a Mormon WhatsApp or something like that. Or are well, you... we're we're not Mormon, but oh, uh, not. there 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 might be. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's it's bled outside of the religion and into just yes. regular Utah. Yes, uh-huh. yes. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm going to hire PR people. It's going to be three Mormon ladies. And, and I think that's going to do it for me because they're <laughs> amazing at spreading information around. Anyway, I know. Well, that's that's so cool. You've been in, in Utah your whole life? Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's yeah. one of those places that when people try to get me to move somewhere, the pictures they send are astonishing. Oh, my gosh. Utah is so great. And when I was growing up, uh, I wanted to get out. You know how it goes. It's like, oh, I want to. I want to get out. I want to go somewhere more liberal. And then uh, as I grew up and, you know, just started having kids and stuff, I'm like, I love this place. It's yeah. beautiful. Well, I live in New Jersey. It is not beautiful. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's fine and all. But I you uh-huh. know, I noticed driving Arden to college as we went down the eastern seaboard. I was like, with, with the exception of how the kinds of trees change, you could you never know where you are. It all looks sort of the same, but every picture someone sent me of Utah, I'm like, oh, that looks like Utah. So yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. All right. So you've, uh, let's see, your kid's 10, had diabetes for eight years, mm-hmm. you have a second child who's seven. Is there any autoimmune in your family the beyond the diabetes? Well, my brother actually got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 29, and that was about 13 years ago. Hmm. And uh, so that came out of nowhere. And it's funny how little you know about type 1 diabetes until it affects your life. Like I, you know, he got it and I was like, oh man, that sucks. And, you know, over the years I'd be like, how's your diabetes? You know? And he's like, oh, you know, fine. And I knew it had something to do like around food. Um, I didn't even know there were two types of diabetes. And so when my son got diagnosed, I called up my brother and I'm like, do you have type one or type two? He's like, type one. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Like, this is what you've been doing? He's like, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you don't know until you know. Did did his uh, Christmas presents, did they get better from you? Were you like, oh, I, I haven't been nice enough to him over the years? <laughs> totally, totally. I'm like, oh man, I have such respect for you, dude. So, oh, that's interesting. What What's the... um age difference between you and your brother uh so i'm 46 he's 43 so i'm a little older but you're close in age so are you close generally speaking uh i mean we were growing up now it's like you know how life family life gets it's like we talk on the phone you know every few weeks and Mm -hmm. check in and um he recently moved to idaho so i don't even get to see him like as much as i did um we're not super close but i mean he's he's great and we talk sometimes and yeah but you know but close enough that my my inference by the way wasn't to pick your family apart but but it was it was to say like you guys were talking to each other and it didn't occur to him to share what his type one was with you and you didn't ask too many questions either is that fair yeah 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 i was just like you know he's he's got this and you know, I did. I was concerned about him. I'm like, this. This seems like a thing. And, but yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk too much, and we weren't seeing each other very much. And uh, yeah, he would give him shots, kind of like privately. You know, when we would get together. And so, so when your son was diagnosed, 
how soon until you went to your brother and said, hey, you got this kind of diabetes? Oh, in the hospital. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, you know, my son just got diagnosed, um, you know, in the hospital. I'm like, do you have type one or type two? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, we can see that we can blame your parents for this. So that's good. It gets it off of you. <laughs> you <don't> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. But no other uh, Hashimoto's uh, thyroid stuff, celiac Nothing like that. You know, you know, on my uh, mom's side, there's some thyroid stuff. Mm -hmm. I think my aunt might have Hashimoto's. Um, yeah, so there's some thyroid stuff. And I've been checked for thyroid. I don't have any of that. We, the rest of our family did do the trial net thing, and we don't have the antibodies. Um, oh, that's good. That, that's yeah. good. It must have been comforting to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you sent a very specific note, Jenny. Yes. So I don't want to beat around the bush i want to want to dive right into the bush if you don't mind um, let's do it <laughs> yeah, okay. so i'm just going to tell people what you said and then we'll just start talking you said i'd like to go over my sudden extreme anxiety over being the caretaker for my type one son so even though you've been doing it for seven years you said his a1c is terrific you're looping so you have the backup of an algorithm um you now how are just experiencing what you're calling almost debilitating anxiety around the management. So, uh, so let's talk first about prior to when this happened, did you ever have feelings like that leading up to this or did they just come all at once? Um, you know, I have had a hard time with diabetes since he was diagnosed. I mean, it is just a tough disease and, um, I never felt super comfortable. Um, but in the first years, so when he was diagnosed, um, I was eight months pregnant. And so like a month in, I've got a newborn and diabetes and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And so like, I am just drowning trying to figure it out. And so the first few years were kind of a blur. I'm like doing the best we can here. And then, um, I started looking around for a podcast and I found yours. And so um, I think I found yours in 2018. So we've been listening for four years now. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, you really turned things around for us. Um, but to answer the question, yeah, like I've always felt like some uncertainty, like I'm like, this is hard. Um, and then about six months ago, my mom passed away and it's, she was 70, had COPD and it was, it was time for her to go. She wanted to go. Um, it was bittersweet. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it was, it, you know, it was, a, it was of course a big thing. And, um, and then after that, like all of these things, you know, it's like all of these busy things started happening and I felt like I couldn't process it. And then I started to feel this anxiety around diabetes that I hadn't felt before. Um, and part of it was, I feel like the more we listen to you, I feel like the more we know. And it's like, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And so um, I was trying to get the pre-bolus right. I was trying to, you know, get the bolus right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was just not doing a great job. I, I feel like I'm still not doing a great job. And so, so is your, is your first concern that you could be doing better and that you're not, or is it about safety? Where do you, like, where do you feel it? Or is it, does it feel like it's everything? 
when I think about it, I don't think so much about so much about safety. I know that we can get him if he's high or low. I know we can get him back where we need to. It may take some time, but it's just like the constant effort of it. Like we do so many interventions during the day. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we are, you know, I'm texting him at school and I'm like, give yourself a quarter, give yourself a quarter, have a glucose tab, you know, <laughs> eat two Sour Patch Kids. Like it's, it's like during this time, I'm feeling better now, by the way, like I reached out to like a number of people and tried to get support and help and I'm feeling way better, but um, it's, it's still there. Um, but my concern is I feel like I could be doing better and I don't know how, like I, there are so many variables that it's so frustrating to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going high. Did I miss on the bolus? Is the pump having issues? Is he just running high today? How much should I give? I don't want to give too much. And so just the ongoing uncertainty of it was just wearing on me. I felt like it was like after seven years, I was having this major burnout, major anxiety. And yeah, I was like almost having panic attacks like at every meal. I'm like, is this going to be the right amount? And I would just stare at the number and I'm like, I can't live like this. Yeah. Jenny, let me ask you something. So in the note, you mentioned like a five, four, a one C. And so is he having a lot of lows? Yes. Yes. That's another thing what are we I calling, wanted to talk to you about. What are we calling low and what are we calling high? So let's do that now before we start. Like when you said like, you know, I don't want there to be a high at a meal. Like what, what, what number does makes you say that? Um, around like 140, like we'll usually give him a quarter around 120, Mm -hmm. you know, like just to, you know, we're just trying to like surf it, you know? And, uh, so, but like, if he's like heading up to 140 and then 150 and then 160. So around there, I'm like, he's high and I've missed. And then low, he goes below 70 every day. Like, I mean, he, and he hits like in the fifties almost every day. Okay. So he's like getting, um, he, we're getting a lot of lows. Like I'm correcting a lot of lows. And so. But are you causing the lows by over correcting like higher numbers? I mean, cause, <laughs> because 140 after a meal, in my opinion, is like, there's nothing wrong with that. I understand you don't want to go 160, 70, 80. You don't want to get into that climb. But I mean, what would happen if you didn't throw a quarter in at a 140? Do you ever just watch it to see what would happen? Just a brief 20-second reminder, go to touchbytype1.org to get tickets for their Dancing for Diabetes annual event being held on November 5th at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida. Touchbytype1.org. And of course, the Freestyle Libre 3 is available right now at usmed.com forward slash juicebox or by calling 888-721. 1514. Check out US Med for your diabetes supplies. You know, sometimes I will and it'll turn around. Um, other times, like I just don't know what it's gonna do. You know, I'm like, it 
sometimes it'll go like to 180 and I'm like, oh man, I should have corrected, Mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, I think. But more often than not, you're correcting and then you need to stop a low later. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I am um, creating a lot of the lows. Yeah. But you can't stop yourself. Yeah. Oh, what's that about, Jenny? This is going to be fun. Thank you for being. <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> I, I appreciate this very much. So, I, I t- so first of all, I take your point, and and he's ten now. And so, was it easier when he was younger? No. No. Okay. So I didn't know if there was like a hormonal thing that was coming into play. Has his has his eating style changed greatly over the years? No. So Jenny, you've been fighting this fight for a long time. So the so the reason it hit you, I'm going to guess, keeping in mind that I have no psychological training whatsoever, um, I'm going to guess that you were doing the things you thought you should do. You're bumping and nudging too far, causing yourself a problem on the other side that you have to fix that causes a problem on the other side that you have to fix. And then you just, I think then your mom died and then you just didn't have it in you anymore to hold it all inside is kind of how it feels. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, uh, that's worth talking about for sure. So, um, so let's start with this. So he's, he's looping. Do you have a night scout? Can you see what his loop is doing? Yes. Yeah. All right. So in the, in the course of a day, are you seeing basil being taken away a lot? Are you using autobolus or not autobolus? We don't use auto bolus, no. Okay. So is it taking basil away? Is it adding basil all the time? <laughs> that that's a good question. I feel like it's just doing both, you know? It's <laughs> okay. just it's just doing both. It's like, oh wow, he hasn't had basil for many hours. And then all of a sudden I'm like seeing like, oh, it's adding a lot of basil. Yeah, so that, like okay. we it's so, both. I, I don't I didn't mean to talk over top of you. I'm sorry. Um it, it in a perfect situation, it should not be taking your basil away constantly. So is it taking it away after meals or is it taking it away even away from food? It is taking it away. It seems like it takes it away after meals. Okay. Well, that that it kind of does, though. That's sort of how it works. So like you, you put in insulin for the meal and it, it, it decides that this insulin that's been bolused is enough for the food and your management for a number of, you know, whatever the time is. And so it takes the basil away and it manages off of the bolus, adding more if you start drifting up, taking away for longer if it looks like you're going to be low later. So that's fine if at the end you're stable and the basil's back on, but that's not happening. What's happening after meals is he starts going up and then you put in more insulin and then no matter how much basil it takes away, it can't stop a low later. Does that sound right? Right, right, right. Okay. All right. So I didn't know I was going to have to think this much, Jenny. That's fine. We're going <laughs> to mix We're gonna mix emotions with thinking today. Nice. All right. So, all right. Uh, when's the last time you opened the loop up and just ran it like a regular insulin pump to see how close your basil and your carb ratios and correction factors were? You know, it's been about a year. Like we opened it up for a month and, uh, and that was helpful. And then, but now I think we just rely on it so much, you know, that I'm like, you don't want to stop. Has he gained, has he gained or lost weight or become more or less active? Yeah. I mean, he's going through a growth spurt. He's eating more. Um, he's requiring more insulin. And so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some changes going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. The episode, there's a pro tip called bump and nudge Two. 
it was it was made exactly for people like you. Okay. Have you heard it? Seems it seems like, well, I listened to the bump and nudge one, and I'm wondering if I listened to the part two. I if feel like I did. The part two tells you if you're doing this too much, <laughs> you've done something wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a- what I think. Um, yeah. And uh, do you have time to like look at his graphs with me you want to do it right now i don't know we could do it like after or oh no i mean it's up to you but like i i mean i think for the for context of the conversation if you want to do it now it's fine Um, yeah i can give it i can give you a a number to text it to if you like yeah so i just go into a clarity and then share the code right oh um oh you want me to look at him live no, well, I, I mean, just but I'm not, not a, I'm not a doctor. I can't use his code to look at his clarity. Oh, gotcha. How yeah. would you uh, see his uh, stuff? I mean, you could do screenshots and send them to me. Oh, yeah. Like, I kind of wanted you to look at like his past like week and stuff and see like, oh, what trends are you seeing? But um, uh, oh, okay. But well, yeah, if you can't do that, then don't worry yeah, about no, it. No, I think the trends are. Oh, it's interesting. Like you're um, you're uh uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm going to say personality, but I don't mean personality. There's a better word there for it. You, you're clashing with this, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jenny's like, yes, I am, jackass. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so there's something about how you think and what the task is. And <gasps> Yes. Oh, my gosh. And my husband is so well-suited for this. Like, he's got, like, this data mind. And he only takes care of Kai um like maybe like i mean he does it a lot he's up with him like every morning he takes him on the weekends i mean both of my kids and he's just he's better at it than me and he does it less than me that's what's frustrating because my mind is not my mind is not geared for this no i think you're just you're touching it too much I okay don't, i don't know if that makes sense or not but but so it sounds like because a 140 after meals it's nothing to panic about Okay. So let's talk for a minute about what happens to you internally when you see his blood sugar go higher. You think okay. you're you think you're killing him? I don't. I think no. so. We've been listening to you, and um, we are like, okay, he sh- maybe he shouldn't be going this high, and so um, like, so my husband is more afraid of highs he doesn't want to see highs Mm -hmm. as much and i don't want to see lows and so we we kind of clash in that way sometimes but um i'm i'm feeling like he's saying hey we need to get that number down and so i'm i'm feeling like okay we need to get this number down he's saying that at like 140 well i mean we've recently talked about it and he's like you know, Scott was saying like things can like, you know, after a meal, 140 is not that big of a deal. And so that's kind of a switch for me because I thought like if I'm seeing like an arrow up at 125, like I've missed and I'm giving a quarter and that's kind of where we were at. And I, I think we're, you know, we realized, you know, even hearing you say that now it's like, oh, you know, so there's he, a lot, he can, there's a lot about the line that's important in this. So the numbers are guidelines but it's more about the line like 125 straight up that's somehow going to turn into 140 and then stabilize might just be an indication that you didn't pre-bolus long enough right right and and so and so if it's going to jump up and then stabilize at a at a lowish number you know 140 like a lower high number then 
that's probably too soon to correct because it very possibly because your your pre-bolus time might be off a little bit, you're going to get a big push from the insulin very soon. And now you've laid some on top of it again that uh-huh. is causing a low later. So you're you're the timing is the problem for you. Maybe because I think so. And yeah. that's one thing I don't understand because like let's say he's 112 yeah. and I'll look at that and I'll be like, okay, about 11 minutes waiting time, you know, depending on what his number's doing. If he's coming down fast, it'll be less. If he's going up a bit, it'll be a little bit more. And so I feel like I have a good grasp on that. But then like when I actually execute it, I'm like, man, I messed that up somehow. How did I mess that up? I wonder if, hmm, I wonder if the auto bolus branch of looping wouldn't be valuable for you. Because then when he was going up, the algorithm would would try to stop it and it would take the pressure away from you about thinking about putting more insulin in Hmm. because maybe you're just bolusing too much when you're doing that. I mean, you obviously are if it's causing a low later. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because we are dealing with a lot of lows. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe we're just, uh, just intervening too much. Yeah. You're jumping the gun is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. 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 Because I do have a history of um, kind of under bolusing for meals. Like I'd rather see him go a little bit high than go low. And, you know. Oh, Jenny, you're a paradox. This is wonderful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then my husband will be like, you know, he's like, it's better to, you know, give a few carbs, you know. And I mean, I've heard you say that, too. Um, but the thing is, it's like, he just like drops out. Like he just like the number will just go lower than I want him to. And I hear you talk about Arden and she's not having a lot of lows. Like she's like rarely going under 70. Is that right? Yeah. We don't see a lot of lows. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. And then like, but you're talking about being bold with insulin and you're, you know, you, you are bold. And so I'm like, how is he? doing this (laughs) okay okay well i how i do it and how you do it might likely be two different things but i mean as we're picking through this is it possible that you're under bolusing the meal causing the spike by not bolusing it properly and then putting in more insulin that's causing a low later so so if you just think so (laughs) yeah right so just put the insulin where it belongs in the initial bolus yeah but i but i don't know what the right amount is (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, like it, I, it's likely some amount of the correction that you're using, because mm-hmm. if because if that quarter was in, all right, let me try to think of a way to say this without having visually looking at you. Um, so if let, let's use more specific numbers, like how much insulin's in an average meal bolus for him? Oh, let's say four four units. Okay, and then later you put in a quarter. Yes. Do you do a quarter, then another quarter, another quarter, or is it usually just one time? I mean, it depends. Like, if he's going up to, like, 130 or so, a quarter. If he goes up to 150, another quarter. If he goes up to 170, another quarter. Mm -hmm. So I have kind of, like, these benchmarks that I'll follow. Um, Usually it's a quarter or a half more. Okay. So then, in my opinion, like, I mean, based on this... And keeping in mind, Jenny, that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice. Um, that uh, <laughs> if you just put the four and a quarter or four and a half in initially, then that would maybe stop the spike, which would mm-hmm. stop you from putting in insulin down the road from the meal, which is then mm-hmm. gonna ca- which is gonna then make him low later. I don't think you're far off from this, by the way. 
I just me too. I feel like yeah. I'm in the ballpark, yeah. and um, I just want I I want the ballpark to be smaller. Like I, <laughs> you <okay>. know, <laughs> that's okay. So so I listen. It, it could be a million things, right? Maybe the four's enough, and you're not pre-bolusing long enough. How right, long? How right. long are your pre-boluses? They're, uh, I mean, they're dependent on his number. You know, I would say about ten minutes. Like, you uh, know, dependent on his number. How? Like, so if he's one, like. I don't know. If he's 130, you'll pre-bowl for 10 minutes. But if he's 90, you will pre-bowl a shorter amount of time? Yeah, yeah. Like, I had heard the rule of, like, okay, if he's 130, you take the first two numbers. 13 minutes is a good ballpark. So, you know, depending on what his number's doing. If it's going down too fast, I'll do less. If he's going up a bit, I'll do more. So, you know, if he's 90, I would do nine, right. nine-ish minutes, you know. So so taking away, um, taking away the internet's... Uh, theories about <laughs> yes. about pre-bolusing when when he's 130 if you pre-bolus then 13 minutes later before he eats what's his blood sugar well i will watch that too because i'm like you know if 13 minutes in if he's 150 i'm going to add some time if he's you know going down then i'll start him right away okay going down like he's 120 diagonal down go ahead and eat i mean yeah 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 okay yeah yeah, I think which insulin are you using? Novolog. Novolog. Gotcha. Um Novolog. So not Fiasp or Lumjev. So if you're so you're putting in insulin and do you ever use the pre-meal button on the loop instead of pre-bolusing or to help pre-bolusing? Oh, no. I mean, I know it's there and uh that will so the pre-meal button um, you push it what an hour before or a half hour before, and it'll kind of it changes your target, him... is what it yeah. does, right? So it, I think pre meal targets seventy two. I think that's the lowest. Okay. I, I want to say that's the lowest target that Loop lets you have, but I mean maybe that's something you can change in the programming. But I'm I'm pretty sure it it targets the seventy two. So are you guys still looping, or are you have you moved to Omnipod Five? Oh yeah, no, Arden has used Omnipod Five for a number of months, and then we've gone back to looping. Really? Yeah. So okay, she, she did not enjoy carrying the controller, and wanted everything on her phone. Gotcha. That was her okay. biggest concern. Omnipod Five worked exactly the way I expected it to. It did. It did exactly what I thought, and it took me a little while to learn it. Took me mm -hmm. a little while to learn how to set it up and and how to get it going right, but once it did, it did exactly. I don't see a ton of difference in any of the algorithms. I guess I probably shouldn't say that, but they all go about it slightly different way. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I think with every every algorithm I've seen so far, there are times when you need to help it, and there are times when you need to leave it alone. And those things, yeah, are, you know, they take time to learn which is which. Um, yeah. And so with loop, do you, um, do you just follow the recommendations or does she, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to eat this many carbs. It's saying I should give this much insulin. Do, do you guys just like follow the recommendations or do, are you like playing with it a little bit? Like, I think she needs more than that or less than that. No, generally speaking, we follow the recommendation. It's based on our settings. Um, right, exactly. Your settings have to be right. Yeah. I feel like our settings might be off a little bit. And like, we are always tinkering with it. Like I'll put in some carbs and um, I'm like, I don't think that's right. I'm like, I'm going to do more. And so, you know, then that probably screws things up on the back end. And mm -hmm. so, 
Yeah, no, I mean, if the settings aren't, because it, it causes you to think too much. Like, if your settings are, like, your insulin to carb ratio is way off, then you're going to be constantly, I don't know, like, second-guessing it, like it sounds like you're doing, before you even get to see if it works or not. So, I mean, your settings have to be right. Also, turning, like, opening the loop for a month is, I, I don't think that was, I don't think you need to do that. But I think you need to find out, A, is the basal rate I have holding him stable without making him low? That's an important thing to understand. And, yeah, and, and I should start with that at night. Yeah, yeah. Try it overnight because it's simpler. He's not probably in puberty yet, right? So you don't probably don't have a ton of like growth going on and things like that. So maybe you can get a couple of good nights where you can check that. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, well, my basal looks right. Good. Next step. How am you know, how am I set up for my insulin to carb ratio here? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, or you could even, you know, you could let a blood sugar raise up to, I don't know, 150 and put in after it stabilizes, put in like a half a unit or a unit, whatever you think is reasonable to see how far it moves him to give yourself mm. a, a pretty good idea of what the insulin sensitivity is, right? Like one unit moves me this far. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Right. And then, okay, now you have that. Now your insulin sensitivity is a little closer. And then you look at carb ratio and you start with things that don't have extra impacts. Like you wouldn't try it with French fries, for example, because it has fat in it. But a meal that you feel pretty comfortable understanding, right, um, mm-hmm. as far as the carb count goes and you and your understanding of what the coverage needs to be for the insulin. So say you you find that meal, you look at it and you decide – Look, I don't know how many carbs are in this, but I know for certain that four units covers this meal really well. It's not going to cause a spike if I use a, a certain, you know, pre-bolus and it's not going to make a low later. So, okay. So it's four, four units for it. Then you go back and count the carbs and you say, I'm, I'm making up numbers, right? It's got 40 carbs in it. Okay. Well, then his insulin to carb ratio is one for 10 because mm-hmm. four units covered this 40 carbs or whatever the math ends up being. It's mm-hmm. four units for 50 carbs. Just do the math that way. And then, okay, now I'm pretty close on my insulin to carb ratio. Great. Now I have my basal. I have my insulin sensitivity, my insulin to carb ratio. Now we go back into the loop and try it out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if you see, if you see a lot of, um, a lot of unbalance with the basal being off all the time, then, okay, that might tell you the basil's too strong. If the basil's constantly overworking, it's adding and it's adding and it's adding, maybe you had your basil too weak. You bolus bolus a reasonable pre-bolus, you see a spike, it's fine, goes 130, 140, comes back and goes level, you're pretty much there. You might need need a little more maybe pre-bolus time in that scenario. Uh, but then I think that's just how you work through it. it. It shouldn't take that long to go through those steps. Like you shouldn't need a month for those steps. Um, okay. a few days a week. I, I think yeah. that's pretty much it really. Like you should be able to get a pretty solid idea after that, but you have yeah. to let it run to see, like you gotta let, yeah. it, you gotta let it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, a, an example that we just had, like uh, we just had to, um, I had to make some adjustments to Arden's recently um, because we got her to college and her insulin needs changed drastically, like significantly oh. less. Oh, and, wow. And then we made all the switches to that and we're like, okay, got it. Perfect. <sighs> Good. And then four days later, it started going in the other direction again. I couldn't, be- <laughs> I couldn't begin to tell you why. It doesn't even seem to matter. 
And so we started to bring them back slowly, like just kind of crank them in the other direction of being stronger again. And finally, after a week or so, because Arden's not with me, if she was with me, I would have done it much more quickly. Mm -hmm. But after a week or so, because I was doing it remotely, I was like, screw this. This isn't working. Put all your old settings back in. And we put all the old settings back in from before she left for college, before she had the experience where she was super low and everything's working well again. Oh, wow. So, and a big swing, by the way, for her, it was a big mm -hmm. swing in some of those numbers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's, uh, uh, yeah, that's what is hard for me is the variability because I'm like, yeah, we could figure all this out and then it could change. And I mean, that's just the game, you know, and I feel like I need to come to some understanding that like, Hey, this is diabetes and it's okay. Um, I was talking to his doctor about my anxiety and she's like, you know, a working pancreas is making adjustments every minute. You know, she's like, we're trying to be a pancreas and we can't. And, uh, you know, give yourself some slack. Mm -hmm. um, no, I agree. I, I you also, know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I could get to the point, like in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, if I could just get to the point, you know, he's just going to be cruising between 80 and 120. It's like, if if I just do the right things. And I'm like, I don't think that's realistic. You know, like there's going to be ups and downs every day. Sure. Right. No, I mean, 100%. I don't know though, but it's, <laughs> I don't know though. It seems like Arden's like cruising between 80 and 120 most of the time. Is that right? Or I mean, uh, Arden's so Arden's a girl and she's got hormones and she's a lady. Um, so it's not apples to apples. Um, right. I would tell you that our biggest struggles with Arden are meals that probably have more fat in them that yes. cause highs late high highs later. So fighting through them when I'm not with her even yes. over these just first 3 weeks have taken more time. When I'm mm -hmm. with her, we were close, we were more like hey just crush this right here, but she's on her own and she's still figuring out how to handle that like you know and and I also think she's still getting into college. So I think what's happening is she's having these meals later at night than she's accustomed to eating. Yeah. Then she's staying up later doing homework and her blood sugar is persisting at a higher number and she's not being as aggressive with it as she needs to be. And so mm -hmm. it's lasting longer. I'd say those are her bigger struggles um, right now at college. It wouldn't have been the same five weeks ago when she was at home. Like her, gotcha. her bigger struggles back then were more around I mean, if I beat pre-bolusing, remembering to pre-bolus was her bigger struggle now. But the, something about the um, something about her the pattern she's living in right now, she's doing a good job of pre-bolusing. She's also using the pre-meal button, which was something I could never get her to do before at home. But now she's mm. seeing she's seeing the value in that that she's at school. Nice. So, so I think it's constantly. I mean, your son's at a at an age where not a lot's going to change about his life over the next couple of years. But for Arden. It's constantly morphing. Like, where are the struggles at? Yeah. You know what I mean? But well, but the settings have to be right. I'm going to tell you right now, if the settings are wrong, the algorithm is useless. And, okay. then, and then you're just fighting something that's not knowable. And from listening to you talk now for a half an hour, you want this all to make sense and do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And if your settings are wrong, that doesn't exist. And now yeah. you're trying to figure out something that you don't have 
you don't have the right input for. So how do you know what's happening next? Because you're expecting it to do one thing, but that expectation is built on the settings being correct. Right. That makes right. sense. Yeah. 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 And I did want to talk a little bit more about the fat and protein rises. That's um, something that's um, kind of newer to us. Like in the last year, we've been listening to some of your episodes about it. And like, we're, you know, seeing like, wow, this is a reality. And that is hard for me because so I keep like a pretty detailed log about like what works for what meal. You know, we have about 10 meals that we mostly do. Mm-hmm. What usually works? Oh man, there's so much variability. Sometimes three units work, sometimes five units work. But after the fact, like the fat and protein rise, like I do not know what to do. Sometimes like I'll I'll we'll do like this chicken tender and smoothie meal. And I've done it so many times. And it's amazing that I I can still mess it up. Like I <laughs> I I still mess it up. And so, you know, after the fact, oh, it's you know, what does this fat and protein rise require? Well, it's sometimes a half unit, sometimes it's two units. And for me to give a unit blindly, like two hours later, it's like I know this is coming, just give a unit. And I'm like, Oh man, it's so hard for me. And so I start to chase it. I'm like, okay, he's going up. Let's give a quarter. He's going up again. Let's give a quarter. And with a fat and protein rise, like my normal way of bolusing, like for correcting, that doesn't work. Like he'll be up to 200 in no time. And then, you know, takes hours. So the the fat and protein rises are hard. You know, I haven't Mm -hmm. found a great way to deal with them. Well, it's funny. You, you present your problem and answer your problem while you're talking. And then at the end, you say, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. You just, you, <laughs> you just told me what to do, but you're not going to do it. You, you, can't, yes, you yes. can't, you can't chase the blood sugar and you have to trust that what you know is going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And so right. in the times that I have done it, like it's worked, you know, and I'm like, that, that worked. And, but then, but get this, th- there are times I've done it and it's bit me in the ass and it's like, it didn't work. <laughs> of course, but isn't it easier to stop the low or the fall when it isn't needed than it is to fight with the high? Uh, it, it is. But the thing that I, I hate is like waking him up in the night, like for a juice. And I'm like, mm. you know, it's all like, right. I can like give insulin all night long and like not wake him up. But I mean, it's harder on me and, you know, and then he's high and that's not good either. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the low, the lows are easier than the highs because a sticky high, so hard. And then you're giving insulin at night, which is an ideal, you know, like too much insulin at night. I'm like, oh, Jennifer, can we talk like friends for a minute? Yes. Okay. Do you have issues with perfection in other parts of your life? No, I'm like so relaxed. I'm like, so my husband is the perfectionist and I am the relaxed one. Okay. And it's like, we're having this like switch of things. Is it a switch of things or are you, and I don't mean to dig into your relationship too far, or are you trying to accomplish something the way you think he would do it so that he's happy about it? Yes. Ah, I am very good at this, Jenny. Okay. (laughs) I know. I know. So, so so (laughs) you, you can't do that. Because you're fighting your own, you're fighting your own nature. You're fighting what you think is right by trying to apply what you believe he would do. Except your brain doesn't think through things the way his does, so you keep messing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just do you. Yeah. 
Just do me. Yeah, the world's Those... just t-shirt slogans. I don't know how to break this to everybody. <laughs> but just just follow like your 20 favorite t-shirt slogans and you'll be okay. So you know, just like seriously, you have to trust your own gut. You can't wonder what his gut's saying because all the decisions that you've made up until this moment are based on how you would handle this. And then you get to a number that you think your husband's going to be dissatisfied with. And then you suddenly try to shift to what he would do, but you don't actually know what he would do. And it wouldn't matter anyway, because the first 10 steps were yours. Yeah. Oh, Jay. Okay. All right. So because when, if you're not a perfectionist in the rest of life, then like, but you are really, you want this to be perfect. You want, I do. Yeah, yeah, you want this diabetes thing to be absolutely perfect. I think the best <laughs> thing you might do for yourself is to is to come to grips with the idea that you're not going to get everything you want here. Like you might yes. get you might get a lot of it, but yeah. you have to, you have to get there's got to be give and take somewhere. Like you either don't want a 140 blood sugar after a meal or it's okay. And because the, what happens next? Like I look at the 140, stays 140 for a little while before he comes back down. I have to think that's okay, because if I don't, I'm correcting too late. I'm chasing the blood sugar, forcing it to be low, and then I'm on this roller coaster that's making me crazy. So yeah. you want you want everything to work, but I'm trying to think this through. You want everything to work, but you're creating problems every 90 minutes for yourself. Yeah, like keeping him stable for like a period of time is hard. Like it's it's not happening very much, drunk, you know. You're a drunk swerving on the road. You're just going yeah. back and forth and back and forth. It just be comfortable riding on the line on the right and just be like, "Okay, I'm not in the lane, but at least I'm not, <laughs> at least I'm not swerving." Because I, right. I I think you would learn a lot about the management by Oh, I almost cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say by just leaving it the fuck alone for a little while, and like and like letting it be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yes, yeah. You're bumping yeah. and nudging too much. Yes. So I think that's a good idea. Maybe just like let things chill for a little bit. Get kind of a feel, like for what it is going to do. And uh, yes, yes, that's brilliant. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because because earlier, if- good. And if he's getting like a little bit high while I'm figuring this out, it's okay. You know, right. it's like, let's just see this. Oh, please. I, I sent Arden off to college in a place where she's sleeping by herself. I, I looked at 170 overnight blood sugars for a week, like making sure we were doing <laughs> the right thing. Because I was like, I can't just yak this in the wrong direction and create a low while she's by herself. So let me bring it down more slowly. I wasn't thrilled about it. It's not going nice. to ruin her life. Um, yeah, you you said something earlier that I want you to know would be a huge waste of time. You were like, I want you to go look at all of our records and try to find trends. But think about that. If you're doing four or five things that you shouldn't be doing, why am I looking for trends in it? Yeah, right? well, that's what I think about looking at the data. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You no. know, like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, also it's because like you're playing tennis, right? But you show up with a baseball bat and you're wearing cleats on the court. And then you want me to look at the video and find out why your tennis is bad. Your tennis is bad because you're using a bat and wearing cleats. Stop doing that. You know what mm. I mean? Like, like so the I think that's why, in my opinion, with this stuff, it's always about going back to the beginning and just sort of starting over again. 
But you're not yeah. you're not really starting over because you have a lot of guidelines and and you know where you're close. So I don't know. For me, it's get your basal right. Make sure your insulin sensitivity is good. Um, make sure make sure your carb ratio is pretty accurate. Pre bolus an amount of time that you know gets you as low as possible before the meal without creating a low that needs intervention. And then mm-hmm. just letting the and then letting the the bolus work and see what happens. And if you eat something with a bunch of fat or protein in it, you got to do some experimenting, see where it hits. You know, is it ninety minutes after we start eating? Do I see the rise from the French fries? And if so. I got to pre-bolus that rise a little bit. And if it doesn't happen one time, then I catch it with some fast acne on the other side. But I'd rather be, um, you know, I'd rather stop a lower falling blood sugar than fight with a high one. This podcast is all set up for you, but you're listening to the wrong parts of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is very interesting. Are you having a good time or is this not going the way you hoped? No, no, I'm having a great time. It's okay. it's great to talk to you. Like okay. we've been listening to you so much and I'm like, wow, I'm talking to Scott. So this is cool. Well, so that, thank you. Well, please, it's my pleasure. And it's weird that you feel like that. So um, <laughs> it's nothing. I could be completely wrong. There are probably people listening right now that are like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and, and I might not. But all I know is that settings are very, very important. Then, yeah. then timing is very important. And then understanding the impacts of different foods is is the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Then that's where I have a hard time too, because I really do rely on carb ratios a lot. And uh, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And um, so, yeah, I've been trying to be more aware of that. Like, yeah, how does this food hit him? How does this food hit him? Um, so, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I, my question was about, you said when your husband's managing him, it goes better. Yeah. But it's the same algorithm in the same settings and the same kid. So what's he doing differently than you're doing? Is he just putting in the right amount of insulin for the meal and not undervaluing the meal? Yeah. Jenny, you don't even have any questions for me. You just, <laughs> you just wanted to come on and tell me what's going wrong so I could tell you what to do. <laughs> yes, I did. This was an excuse to talk to you. I'm like. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, so. The anxiety hit you earlier when you wrote to me, but I can't get people on fast enough. So it's kind of gone away. So tell me what you did that's helped lessen it. So, um, yeah, I was in a crisis mode and I just started reaching out. I was like, okay, I, I reached out to you. I'm like, I want to talk to the Kung Fu diabetes master and like, you know, get some input from him. Um, I reached out to some moms. I met a mom recently who, um, She's got like a nine-year-old who was diagnosed when he was two. They're looping. They listen to the juice box. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I want to spend some more time with this family. Um, You know, I just want to – I just wanted to spend some time with people who understood, you know, because it's like, Mm -hmm. I want the world to understand what we do and they don't. You know what I mean? That's unrealistic for me to want that. Um, But, um, yeah, I reached out to a therapist. I – I actually got on some medication because it was just not, I just was not doing well. Okay. Um, talk to his doctor, um, listen to a book about anxiety. And I mean, it's, it's like, I wasn't doing well personally and I knew I needed to be. Oh. And so I was like, I need to take care of myself and I need to put some less pressure on myself about this because 
you know, it's like, he's better, you know, even though I feel like I'm not doing a great job, it's like, it's better that I'm doing it than not doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, I want him to be a happy and healthy kid. And like, you know, I'll bolus for lunch and, you know, I'm just so happy to see him like eating what he wants, you know? And I'm, and it's like, Hey, I might screw this up, but at least I'm here, you know, doing it. Yeah. I, it just occurred to me while you were talking that you're not overreacting because you don't know what to do. You're overreacting because of the anxiety. Like, like, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, I see. Okay. I'm sorry. It took me that long to think that way. Oh, all right. So your husband doesn't feel anxious about it. So he's, yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's it. And like, like you, you spread this anxiety around a little bit, give everybody a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so you're, you almost, you do know the right thing to do. You can't stop yourself because so is the, is the answer not to look? What's the answer? Oh, what do you mean? Could, could you just like bolus for a meal and throw your phone across the room? Well, yes, I've been experimenting with that because I'm like, I don't need to be staring at this number. And so like, I will set like the alerts at like 80 and 120 Yeah, and be like, you know, let's just, just chill out and like, see what's going to happen. And uh, that's helpful. That's helpful, actually. You know what I mean? I think think that some of that. Yeah, yeah, no, a million percent. Um, Oh yeah, this is, this is not as much about, this isn't as much about this about the diabetes as it is about you you're reacting to it too soon but you can't stop yourself from reacting too soon so the medication helped did it kind of cut the anxiety down a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. like i feel kind of like i did beforehand and so i'm hoping it's like a short-term fix like you know be on it for a year get myself in a better way and then get off perhaps you know right um but yeah it has helped jenny i can't help but to go back to your mom's passing and say that maybe that this is like subconsciously like you trying to make sure nobody else is sick or dies like wow maybe, maybe. yeah maybe and like she was a super anxious person and i'm like did some of her anxiety like come to me like after she died um <laughs> maybe, maybe you know? she was holding it all for you and gave it to you at the end <laughs> i'm like this is not cool no, I, but, but yeah but and then like some existential stuff came up it's like oh i don't have parents anymore and like oh i've i feel like i'm an orphan of the universe and like you know what i mean i mean it was like big stuff happens when your parents die you know yeah, and now you're really an adult right? now i'm really an adult yeah. and it's like you know and i'm taking care of this this kiddo that uh needs a lot of you know, needs a lot of support. And gosh, I'm just, you know, with this anxiety, it's like, I felt me wanting to make my world smaller with Mm -hmm. him. I'm like, oh, you want to go out to McDonald's? And like, sometimes it's like, I just don't have the mental bandwidth to do that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, some days I'm feeling better. Some days I'm not. And it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been wanting, you know, I've been wanting to take him out for an ice cream. And I'm like, I I need to be mentally ready for this, and we need to be having a good diabetes day, <laughs> you oh, know. Yeah, no, I and didn't, um, I, didn't, I didn't think about all those different kind of extraneous variables that are coming at you because of that. So, okay, so obviously, you can't just give anxiety away, and you can't, you know, calmness can't be given from person to person. Like your husband can't just say, "Leave it alone." But would it be helpful if the two of you did it together? And you just deferred to him 
to teach yourself that if you didn't react, it would be okay. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Like I love the days that we do do it together because mm-hmm. it's like, there really is a, like a back and forth and a give and take. And like, I'm thinking this is going to work. I'm thinking this is going to work. And yeah, like I feel like better and like smarter, like when I'm with him. And you, you can know? trust him. Like it, and I, trust is the wrong word, but you can take his lead and not let the anxiety overwhelm what he's saying. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes so <laughs> it's funny because he's a little, he's, um, he's more bold than I am. And so like, sometimes he'll be like, let's give insulin on this. And I'm all now, you know, like my body's like, I no. like, I, I hate lows for some reason. Like, sure. I just don't like lows because he goes low so often. And sometimes it takes five grams. And like, I mean, we've dealt with lows where it's like, 20, 25 grams. And I'm like, I don't like that. That's more than a juice box, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I'm like, I'm definitely more comfortable at a high. Like if he's hanging out at 120, I'm like, this is fine. Yeah, Jenny, I have to tell you calling 120 high, I think is part of your problem. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think considering 120 high is definitely part of your problem. Like, well, would you let, like Arden just like hang out for six hours at one twenty. Like no, is that is that high? No, right? I, like I wouldn't do that, but I wouldn't cause a low either. Right. Like I know right. how to, I know how to like bring it down a little bit without making a problem. Um, right, and yeah. and I've got loop working with me too. You know, it's like so. It's like I got to think of that. So it's like the, if yeah. I'm giving a quarter, it's like loops already given. It loops some. doing its thing. That that is part of the reason why I. I wondered out loud if the auto bolus wouldn't be better for you because it would be more immediate. And so I'm not totally familiar what the auto bolus branch is or does. And so, I mean, I think my husband does and we can go into that, but yeah, um, it basically instead of trying to push the 120 with basal increases, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll push it with boluses. So it'll do, I think it comes preset at 60%, meaning that if it looks at a number and says, I think you need a unit to move you back to target. It it will give 60% of that number. Oh, and, interesting. And, then, and that makes me nervous because I'm like, wow, we're experiencing so many lows right now. Would that just like yeah, I think, aggravate it? I but think, I, that, I, think but I wouldn't making, be getting the... I think you're making the lows though, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so again, then it would take another reading and then it would look at its predictive model and say, okay, well, if I think it needs more... Like, say it gave you 0.6 of the one unit it expected, right? So now there's 0.4 it hasn't given yet. If it decides you need more at the next reading, it'll only give you 60% of the 0.4. Oh, okay. Right? And then so it kind of titrates it that way. Um, Okay. Because maybe what's happening is you're staring at the 120, and it's pushing basal, which is going to take an hour or two for it to move you back to where you want to be. And in, and so now it's given him enough basil to make a to make him stable later, and then you come in and make another unnecessary bolus, and then it probably then takes away basil trying to stop the fall and can't right and that's, right yeah yeah that's what's it's happening. just a cluster. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, so I'm I'm terribly sorry because anxiety is not something I understand personally, you know, like from a personal experience, but I have spoken to enough people that I I do get how it impacts people. Um, and you had none of this prior or you had some of it, but it's worse. Uh, I, I had some of it, but it's like it, man, it just came on like 10, 
10 times worse. Like, I'm like, I have not experienced this. Like, I would rate my anxiety every day. I'm like, how am I feeling today? I'm like, man, my anxiety is an eight today. And that was happening a lot. Mm. You know, now my anxiety is like, you know, I don't know, two, three, four. Um, I do get nervous around bolus time still. Like, um, you know, it's like, I'm going to be bolusing for lunch soon. And it's just like, ah, it just makes me nervous. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like, I just don't want to miss, I just don't want to miss the mark. I just want to like, have it like, just be the right amount. And it's because if you don't, then that's another anxiety inducing moment. Totally, totally. And part of it feels like, man, I've been doing this for seven years. It's like, shouldn't I be better at this? Which makes you feel anxious that you're never going to figure it out. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Now you're caught in a, it's a death spiral. Um, uh, yeah. So I think like if I can just like keep listening to the podcast and it does help me to hear like the stories and, and hear people talk about it. I don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And like, I love like the really specific things like, Hey, here's how you bolus for fat and protein. And, yeah. you know, here's some really practical tips. It's like, oh, it's so helpful and talking to other moms and, you know, and just like, relaxing a little around it because it's like yeah he's got a disease and it's diabetes and there's going to be ups and downs and it's like his blood sugar is not going to be chilling at 90 like all the time and that is okay i think i think that's what i wanted to say to you earlier that i never ended up saying which is um you it sucks but he does have diabetes so right so your so your goal for your goal changes significantly plus before diabetes you were never aware of what his blood sugar was yeah, you, you had no idea, and you you never thought about it, so it wasn't something to be concerned with. You never thought about what he ate or didn't eat, or how long it was before, etc. Like none of this existed in your life, and now suddenly it's all here, and you kept your expectations where they were, but the game changed a little bit. So, yeah, totally. And yeah. I think like when he was diagnosed, I thought because they were like. He can have, he can eat anything he wants. You just have to dose for it. They did, they did say stay away from sugar or I'm sorry, stay away from syrup and pop. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. But it's like, he can have anything he wants and he can do anything he wants. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And then like, as time goes on and as I'm learning more, I'm like, I mean, he can eat what he wants, but it's like, there's repercussions. You know what I mean? It's like, we can't have pizza at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, we could, you know, but do I want to deal with that? Um, We can do anything, but it's like how much mental effort is it going to take to manage diabetes when we're doing it? Yeah, because its impact on you is different than its impact on me and other people. So when you think about pizza at 10 o'clock, as an example, you get anxious right away. You start to cry. Like like just talking about it. Like, are are you upset because... You're letting him down. You think that he can't eat pizza? Are you upset thinking about, oh, I'm going to be up all night with this? Like, what part jumps into your head first? Well, part of it is like, so like, I love food. And to me, food equals love. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to give you what what you want. And um, so I'm sad about that. I'm like, he'll, you know, he'll text me that, hey, we're having a snack at school. And I'm like, don't know how to bolus for that right now. So like, I don't say that, but you know what I mean? Hey, save it for, save it for after school or save it for lunch. Um, so there's like this emotional part of it. Yeah, like and you, then, feel like you're, you, you feel like you're not giving him something that he deserves. 
yeah, it's like, yeah. So there's that emotional part. And then part of it is like, oh man, I'm going to be dealing with the repercussions of this um, Mm -hmm. later. So um, yeah, I was, I was brave the other week and I'm like, he wanted pizza and I'm like, let's order pizza. We never order pizza at night. And uh, I had an idea of what was going to happen and um, like the meal went well. And then like, I just wasn't aggressive enough at night and uh, it bit me in the butt and Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, we can, uh, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to stay away from that kind of stuff. And sometimes I want, I want to do it again so I can learn because the more we do it, the more I learn how to do it, you know? No, I, I understand. I really do. I, I wish there's this moment here where I wish you could feel like the way someone feels who doesn't have anxiety, who would still be upset by this, but not driven to the place where you are. Like I have felt the way you felt. I have felt like, oh my God, please, no one, like, who just ordered Chinese food? Like, <laughs> Seriously. Like, which one of you motherfuckers said we should yes. get Chinese food? I'll kill you all. You, you know what I mean? Like, and then, yes. but, but I can yes. let that go. And I, you know, as I was younger, I would have just attributed that to like, I'm a guy. But, and mm-hmm. maybe there's some of that that's true, but I, I don't feel anxious the way you do. So like, even though I know, oh God, it's Chinese, I'm gonna have to figure this out. It might not go right. It might cause a problem later. I'm mm-hmm. I'm able to blissfully ignore even what's two hours in front of me. Maybe it is because I'm a boy. I'm just like it'll probably be fine. <laughs> and, and and um and if it's <laughs> really that is the biggest difference between men and women, isn't it? Like guys are just like it'll yes. likely work out, and uh, and if it doesn't, we'll just hit something or kill something, whatever we got to do. And, 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 and women are like, I need this to go right. And you have all that mom guilt on top of it, by the way, which. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm tired to boot. Like, even though we're looping, it's like, I'm still up a lot in the night Mm. and like, we're one of those people. And I, I've, I'm getting the impression that Dexcom, you know, it's awesome. I think it works great on some people. And I think it doesn't work as well on some people. And like, I think he's one of them where it doesn't work great, especially at night, because I'll get a lot of false lows. And like, if I get a low alert at night, which is often, and I test him, he's not really low. So is that a compression low? It's a compression low. And it's also, I don't know, have you, have you run into this? Have you seen this where it's like, Dexcom just doesn't like work as well on some people. Like we get a lot of ups and downs. We get a lot of false readings. We get a lot of sensor errors. It's rare that his Dexcom will last the full 10 days. And even when we were on the previous Dexcom, um, like it lasted seven days, I think it was rare that it would last seven days. Like it's just. So I don't know if that's some sort of user error or if it's a a body chemistry thing. Like, I don't know. I think it's a body chemistry thing because I had like a Dex person even come out to the house at one point. And I'm like, okay, this is how I'm putting it on. What do you think? And he's like, you're doing it right. And I'm like. What about hydration? Is he really properly hydrated? Well, that's one. That's one thing um, that has come up. And I try to have him drink, you know as much as I can. And he's probably not as hydrated as he could be. So no. that's always something I'm thinking about. I, I mean, if you, if you could push like real serious hydrate, like not like don't float his kidneys away or anything like that, but like, you know, <laughs> keep him really hydrated for a week uh, and Ooh. see if that, if that helps. Cause that really that's could great. be, that really could be it because yeah. it's, it's reading interstitial fluid, right? It's not reading your blood. And yeah. if you're dehydrated, that fluid's not flowing properly and you're getting, 
you know, it, it's almost like a, it's like a compression low in that, you know, you're not getting a proper reading because the glucose isn't being distributed evenly in that fluid. Yeah. So you can't, you know, you're not seeing that. I, I think if you're putting it on correctly, et cetera, I think making a real concerted effort around hydration would give you an answer as to whether or not that's your issue or not. May give you something okay. to focus and it might give you something to focus on too, Jenny. Right. Just right. Don't, don't that poor kid. I already see his eyes filling up with water. Just when <laughs> you're like, keep drinking. So, <laughs> but um I, I think you're smart to I know we're we're up on an hour already, but I think you're smart to I mean, after listening to you completely, I think working on yourself and trying to minimize your anxiety is probably like step one A, one B in this. Like you can go back and look at his settings, but I might just try like tying my hands behind my back for a couple of days first. Yeah, just yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Just let it let it go because it sounds like when your husband does it, it works. So that would indicate to me that the settings are right. I don't think it's that he knows something you don't know. I think it's almost that he's not he's not touching it as much as you are. Like you know how some pots need to be stirred and some recipes tell <laughs> you like leave it alone. I think you're I think you're right. stu- I think you're stirring the thing that's supposed to be simmering. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, how many interventions are you doing with Art in a day? Like, is it like you're not, or, you know, when she was with you? Like, how many times do I talk to her? Yeah. Yeah, hardly ever. So Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard you say you think about diabetes 10 minutes a day, and I'm like, that is amazing. Like, there are 10 minutes I'm not thinking about it, you know? And so it's like, I'm also not trying to keep her blood sugar at 95 constantly. So, so you're letting it ride and like you're seeing like ups and downs, but it's, you know, I mean, it's in a, it's well, in a good way and you're an, letting it ride. Yeah. Here's an example. She goes to class this morning <clears throat> and she's at the end of a site. It's, um, the pump's got like 30 units left in it. So we're, we're pretty much on the end of like 72 hours coming up on it. And I don't know what happens. She doesn't eat in the morning. I don't see a bolus on night scout anywhere. So she heads out the door, goes to school. She's in her room, and then she starts experiencing a rise. And I let the I let it bolus it. It it does the microboluses, 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 and it was having trouble getting ahead of it. And I think she got. I can look and tell you because I think maybe you knowing this would be really helpful for you. So here, turn it sideways so I can look at it a little better. So she's doing like all morning. Between like at 730 to 10, she's between like 107 and 120. But the way I think of that is, is that she's out of bed. She's in college. She has not thought about having diabetes once for two hours. Would it be cool if she was 10 points lower? It would be. And I might make an adjustment to get that. But like I said, we're still dialing in college. So right around 10 o'clock, the 107 turns into 112 that turns into... 117 that all of a sudden hits 124 and that's and and now this thing's microbolusing already but it took it from 10 a.m until 10 56 to put a stop to the rise and in that time she went from that 120 to 185 and then over the next hour it brought her back again and hmm. so and so by noon she's 95 hmm. and I think that doing this for so long and watching Arden grow from a person who was 10 years old 
who was with me constantly and I was able to be very, very like hands on. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think this is terrible. This wasn't food. This was probably adrenaline or anxiety or something. She's in class. She's trying to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And what what this what this graph says to me is that from 8 a.m. I'm looking at a six hour graph right now from 8 a.m. until 1251 p.m. I, I don't see that Arden ever thought about diabetes. And her blood yeah. sugar spiked to 180 for 30 minutes, and, and the other 30 minutes was the rise, and the other 30 minutes was the fall. So over two hours, there was a rise, a spike, and a fall, and she still hadn't thought about it. The algorithm took care of everything. She, The first time Arden thought about diabetes was around, I'm guessing by what I'm looking at, I'm going to guess she ate about an hour ago, or let me see. Yeah, it looks like looks like she had a snack somewhere. It's the first time she's probably thought about her insulin in seven hours. And, wow. and I just think that that's as important as her blood sugar. Because, yeah, but, absolutely. But and so, the- like, is she getting a high alert? And like, so she's so you're letting loop do its thing with auto boluses. And like you know, she's not getting an alert at like 150 or whatever, and she oh, knows no, that hey, I need to give myself oh, um, no. Oh, no. a quarter. You're delightful. She gets the alert. She probably mutes her phone because she's in cl- <laughs> but, she's in school and she doesn't want to do it. Right, right, right. Okay, so, so but so if something but was you have an go under- completely tits up, then I would intervene and be like, hey, you got to look at this thing, and then that's okay. it. But instead, okay. all I've done is I sent her a text today saying, hey, at the end of a, an infusion site, sometimes the algorithm might need your help. Meaning that, oh, gotcha. Meaning that this thing's bolusing its little ass off and it can't stop you to 186. It's probably because the site's a little older and, uh-huh. and it's only bolusing 60% of the time. So that, that was my way of saying to her, if you would have intervened here and just put in a, the extra insulin even that it wanted that it can't do because it's listed at... Because it, it's limited at 60%, that would probably be a good idea. But I didn't say it to her so that she would do it. I said it to her so she would learn it. Yeah. Does and so if sense? you were with her, would you have given her a bolus? Yeah. 100%. You would have. Okay. Yeah, right. But I'm an adult and I'm paying attention and I'm not going right. to college and et cetera. But the fact that it didn't happen is not causing me any agenda. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's where you're getting stuck. Is that everything yeah, and that's not, like yeah, uh, yeah. And I love that you're thinking about it. Like, hey, she's in school. It's like this is as important that she doesn't need to be bothered with this. Loop is taking care of this. There's Let's other just variables take our play. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. Yeah. My definition of perfect changes because her situation has changed. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. You you are fighting against anxiety and. I, I I run the risk of sounding sexist here, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Sometimes ladies want everything. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's no ability to go, all right, I've got 10 things I need. If I get eight of them, good day. It's, it's <laughs> like, like I say to my wife sometimes, uh, you're still mad at me for the first thing I ever did wrong 30 years ago. Maybe it's time to let that go. Um, (laughs) uh, So there's some things you just have to, with diabetes, you just have to be like, you have to find the balance between not letting everything get terrible and Uh not, and not overthinking 
every little thing that might not matter in the long run. Like, And take some comfort from this. And Jenny, I have to go in a second, but I'm not saying that poor health is okay. Right. But there are plenty of people who come on this podcast and say, look, I grew up through regular and MPH and I'm 55 years old and I don't have any ill effects from diabetes. Yes. And those yes. people, it's like, yeah, they weren't yeah, living it's like, what like we your have, son. Yeah. What we have now is amazing. And like, we're doing a great job and it's like, you know, having a little variability. Wow. Just, I think, yeah, just relaxing a bit is going to help me. Yep. So if, if you and I were friends and I didn't know any of your details, I'd be like, Jenny, you got to calm the f*** down. Yes, I need to calm the f*** down, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, pre- that's pretty much what I would think. And 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 I would and I would adjust my ideas of what perfect looks like. Okay. And um and probably try to look over your husband's shoulder and see what he's doing and more more probably specifically what he's not doing. Yeah. That's it. This is what I have figured out in an hour and 14 minutes. You're you're amazing. You're thank amazing. You. Thank you so much. And Please. we just love and appreciate you so much. So I can't thank you. I can't thank you enough for having this conversation because this is really important. A lot of people feel the way you feel. And yeah. uh, not a lot of people are as honest about it when they come on. So this was well done by you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, thank you. First, I'd like to thank Jenny for coming on the show today and being so honest and talking through her issues. And I'd like to thank US Med and remind you that you can get the Freestyle Libre 3 right now at usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. Looking for a great night out? The 22nd Annual Dancing for Diabetes Showcase will take place on Saturday, November 5th at 7 p.m at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida. Touched by type1.org to get tickets. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.